Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. This Black Music Month, State Farm wants to take a moment to recognize the undeniable cultural influence of black musicians, composers, singers, and songwriters. From folk music to rock and roll, jazz, and more, black culture has shaped almost every genre of music that exists today. Join State Farm in celebrating this month and beyond. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Alchemy, transforming our difficulties into spiritual gold. In this podcast, Eckhart answers a variety of questions from a live audience, including a man who says he's legally blind from drug use and wants to know how to manage his fearful thoughts. Another audience member reveals he's made great strides in his spiritual development, but his 25-year marriage is ending as a result. The man asks, how do you know when it's time to leave a relationship? Also, a woman in the audience explains to Eckhart that she wants to stop sabotaging herself with her addiction to technology. Eckhart explains to her how practicing presence can aid in recovery. He reveals in this podcast how our partners and our friends who are stuck in unconsciousness can often be our greatest teachers because oftentimes they point to the places in us that still need to be healed. We have two people who are the omnipotent ones who select the questioners. We are not in a hurry. (laughs) It's an honor listening to you for over a decade and, you know, dream realized here right now, so. Thank you so much. Thank you. I am legally blind, so if it looks like I'm not looking at you, I am just in my own way. Just well, I'm, and I use this occasion to tell you that I'm also suffering from a dysfunction in my eyes, right? It's deterioration, so I'm not blind yet, but it's far worse than it has been before. I see. If I put on my glasses, I can see more of you. Let's try this. <laughs> I'm getting old. (laughs) Ah. (laughs) Slightly better. Okay. Thank you. Maybe I can get a few things into a single question of sorts. For me, this process of uh, awakening is very physical in that I feel energies very uh, strongly and viscerally in my body. I guess I've kind of had this for a while, but there's like a fear that comes that I'm going to like lose control or and a lot of this is honestly stems back from drug use many years ago. But just sometimes listening to things or Uh, you know, to talks or I get into this place where there's just such a strong fear that comes and it feels very much like an obstacle and I kind of have to, you know, just find some way of moving my attention into my breath or whatever else 
and it kind of just passes over time. Um, but I was wondering if you could comment on that and um, kind of another thing I experience, if I could add to it, I have a very difficult time uh, sometimes trusting my own experience or, or the way I frame things. And if I could give an example of this, just um, often you say about meditation that uh, don't fall into the trap of seeing it as something that you're doing. But for me, in my experience, it very much feels like I am doing a meditation and it doesn't necessarily seem like an obstacle and it can be peaceful. And I understand it may just be a word thing, but it's a pattern that comes up a lot. So I was wondering if you can comment on any of those things. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. This Black Music Month, State Farm wants to take a moment to recognize the undeniable cultural influence of black musicians, composers, singers, and songwriters. From folk music to rock and roll, jazz, and more, Black culture has shaped almost every genre of music that exists today. Join State Farm in celebrating this month and beyond. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I don't like wearing these glasses, but... <laughs> um, it's when you feel relatively undisturbed by inner phenomena that arise, or whatever they may be, in your head, or in your emotional field, or physical phenomena. I'm sure there are times when you feel relatively, periods when you're relatively undisturbed by otherwise sometimes disturbing phenomena. Use those times to establish a deeper connection with the awareness that is behind all phenomena is not part of the arising phenomena. It's in the, the, the awareness is the ability to contain and to accept whatever phenomena arise instead of being drawn into a reactive mode towards whatever phenomena arise in your body or in your mind or your emotional field to be able to step back, so to speak, this stepping back into the field of awareness. Do it in good times because when the disturbances arise, because they arise and then they pass away, that I believe that's usually the case. As the Buddhists say, all that arises passes away. I talked to a Buddhist monk once and he said, all I've learned in my 35 years as a Buddhist monk is this, all that arises passes away. <laughs> not bad. It's a good learning. Um, it means it's not, that is not an intellectual knowledge. It's a, it, it points to a deeper place of connectedness where you can allow what arises to arise without 
having to adopt an attitude towards it or wanting to get rid of it. Do you have to be deep enough? Do you have to be the space for it so that it does not control you? Um, you needing to be in control probably does not work, the, the desire to be in control. If you go deep enough inside and practice in good times to go, to go into your body, to become still as much as you can, so that presence power, so to speak, grows in you more and more. And then when the disturbances arrive, as they will still will, the disturbances arrive, then they are met in that space, that aware space. They're still, they may not be pleasant, but they are met in the space of awareness. Presence, power, you need to cultivate. This cultivate is a term that also Buddhists use a lot. <laughs> so you cultivate uh, presence, power in the good times. Don't wait for the bad times. By the way, this is a useful lesson for everybody because many people only become interested in spirituality when things are going wrong in their life. They, oh, I need to do something. When things are going well, the stock market is doing well, my shares are doing well, and then the, the next week there's a crash and the whole thing is probably collapsing anyway. Oh my God, I'll better meditate now. <laughs> it might be a bit late, too late, especially if you're getting older cultivate presence power, go to that place so that it grows, so that you can meet the disturbances from a place of power, not personal power, but from the place of the power of awareness or consciousness, because that is beyond. Consciousness itself is not a phenomenon that arises and passes away. Everything arises and passes away within the space of consciousness, within that. That's, you are the space for it all. Another way of putting it, you are not what happens, but you are the space for what happens. You are the space for it. So increasingly then, become familiar with what that means to be the space for it, so that when disturbances arise, they don't overpower you anymore, and you don't even need to necessarily do anything, you meet them, in the, the, they arise and in the light of awareness. The light of awareness tends to dissolve things that, if presence power is not strong enough, the, the phenomena will obscure the light of awareness because it's not strong enough. Then you, you have a reactive mode then towards the phenomena. But if the light of awareness is strong enough, including, for example, the pain body, which, um, and part of it may be the pain body, part of the things that arise in you. The pain body, which means the accumulation of old emotion from your past, residues of old emotion going back to childhood and perhaps even beyond, but we don't need to go there. The accumulation of old emotion that still lives in you as an, an energy field that one could virtually say has a life of its own and sometimes it needs to come up and move into your mind. The pain body is an emotional field of a negative emotion. It feeds on your mind. It rises up into your mind. It has dormant periods, as you know. Sometimes you don't feel it much. Then it rises up into your mind. It makes you think certain things. 
it then controls your thinking. A, a person who's deeply involved in negative thinking, the thinking is being done by th the emotional field of the pain body. It's rising up into the mind. It's, then every thought you have is a, of a negative kind. It's horrible. I'm losing control. These are all thoughts that arise that are not true. But if, you are, if there's not enough awareness, then you believe in those thoughts that arise. So the pain body also needs reactions from other people. It wants an emotional reaction from your partner. That's a favorite person. Uh, uh, yep. Give me some unhappiness. I'm unhappy and I'm going to make you unhappy too, says the pain body. Not you, the pain body in you is speaking. I'm going to say and do exactly the things that I know are going to make you unhappy. I'm going to push those buttons. And, and, you, and usually it works. That's how drama in relationship happens. Then the other person's pain body responds. <laughs> Complete unconsciousness. And so there was not enough presence there. Build up the presence in the good times and so that there's enough presence that you can contain the disturbing phenomena and just allow them to be in the light of consciousness. And then the light of consciousness does something. It, it tends to dissolve, not immediately, it could happen immediately, but mostly not. Gradually it dissolves the disturbances that are there, that if you continue to shine the light. So yeah, be the presence for what arises instead of having a reactive relationship with what arises. There it is. It's, it's like whatever, you can look at it like weather. <laughs> whatever happens in you, there, let's say there are meteorological, if that's the word, phenomena, like if it's, a, it's an analogy. Let's say, okay, there comes a, strong wind suddenly, and dark clouds suddenly appear, and, and suddenly you see flashes of lightning and thunder. So the weather is changing. Now the weather is turned into this. I'm using weather as an analogy here, but by the way, I love observing weather phenomena. They're just wonderful. And so thunder comes, lightning comes, a tornado may come. You have to, yes, you may have to seek shelter, but it's still, these are, they come and then they pass and then suddenly there's the sun again. So you have inner weather phenomena happening. Don't personalize too much. So that is, a key is not to personalize the emotions, just to see there's an emo it's an energy field not to personalize even a thought, not to personalize anything that arises. It's an energy field that arises in you. It's not you, but you are the space for it. And so that is the answer. And the practice is use the good times in order to grow in presence power, so to speak. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. No. Um, first, I wanted to say how grateful I am. I had read The Power Now, something like, when it first came out, maybe 20 years ago? Yes, something a bit more, yes. And then this time around, maybe three years ago, after having that meditation, that time period of meditation experience, it had a totally different effect. 
And I say that I went from being 90% in my head to now living 90% in my body. Oh. And the question I have is, along that process over the last couple of years, almost every one of my relationships is gone, including my relationship, my marriage of 25 years. It's like hanging by a thread at the moment. And I can't tell if it's judgment or it's discernment, because it feels like I can no longer engage in some of the behavior. And so I'm with a crowd of people that I no longer relate to. And so what has happened is my partners, our friends have become my partner's friends, where I no longer kind of engage. And so it's caused a lot of distance. And early on in my personal growth, somewhere along the line I had heard the line, only someone with low self-esteem stays in a relationship that doesn't meet their needs. But it's now come to the point where it feels like any need that I think this egoic identity has is going to cause suffering if I try to, even as something simple as what you're saying is offensive, it's hurting, can you please rephrase it? Even something like that seems like it's going to be misinterpreted, it's going to feel like an attack, and maybe it's writing on judgment that's just slightly beneath my consciousness. I suspect that's probably true. Like there's some, whenever you speak about spiritual superiority, it brings some kind of, it's like, oh, you better pay, pay attention there. So I don't know how much of that over the course of our lifetime, trying to get my partner to do some kind of spiritual growth work has had the exact opposite effect or, anyway, <laughs> that's where I'm at. <laughs> she actually was coming here. I finally got her to come and it didn't happen. It blew up before, and yeah, so. But you're still together. Um, we're, in the last year, we had a big windfall. I did some, one of your manifestation processes. A big house just showed up, and we're in two different houses now. I'm in a big house by myself. I don't want, to, I don't want the house. I bought the house for her, basically. Anyway. Well, yes, that's an interesting story. <laughs> the emphasis on the word story, though. <laughs> uh, so could you, before I speak, have you already asked a question or not yet? Uh, I think the question is, well, number one, how do I know when it's time? If it was up to me, I would never throw in the towel. For me, what's coming up is supposed to come up. It's an opportunity for us to heal, and so I'll, I'll plant my feet but the other person doesn't seem like that's their agenda. So when do you say it's time to let go, I guess, is the question. And other relationships have already come to, to an end? There's no formal years. end, just oh. uh, uh, growing away, like not a draw or a lack of connection, lack of ground to connect on, I guess. And at the same time, I feel more connected to everything. So. It's like the forms are going away, but the connection to energy. It's like I just see waves of energy. Right. Right. Thank you. Often th that question is, one form or another is often asked, when is it time to let go of a relationship? Or is it possible to continue in a relationship even if there's a huge gap in the level of Awareness, for example, in the, the, the two partners, if there's a huge gap, 
usually the best answer comes not through the decision-making process of the mind, trying to figure out what's the best thing to do. The best answer comes as a sudden realization that this, this is the thing to do. Either you leave or you stay. If you live in two separate houses, of course, then um, it makes it a little easier to be in a relationship because you have a <laughs> lot of space to yourself and she has a lot of, he or she has a lot of space also. So it often happens that one person, let's see two people meet, they come together, married or not married, they'll start living together. And uh, at some point, one of them begins to grow spiritually. For some reason, uh, there's a spiritual growth happening, the arising of awareness, some transcendence of ego, and the other person, let's say, uh, um, is staying behind, so the, the communication becomes a little bit more difficult, um, also as far as pain body is concerned, because the pain body in couples, for example, pain body needs the other person's pain body in order for the dysfunctional relationship to work. The other already has gone beyond the pain body. I don't know to whether you are still engaged in emotional... I get uh, hooked after, if I feel like I'm verbally attacked, if you keep misinterpreting, I'll get hooked. So there's still places where I need to work. So it could be that the other person can provide the training ground for you to be non-reactive. In other words, the unenlightened, so to speak, partner becomes your teacher. That is, is sometimes the case. And uh, surprisingly, often says or does exactly what you need to become more conscious in yourself. <laughs> so there's a, there's a reflection. And this can be highly, very useful. Ultimately, at some point, the other person may experience also the beginning of an awakening, but in the, not necessarily. But in the meantime, a relatively unconscious partner can teach you a lot about yourself when you observe the reactivity within yourself. Great. <laughs> <laughs> So, unless something else comes to you that is beyond any doubt, and I very rarely make recommendations for, as far as people's personal lives are concerned, but I'll make one now. <laughs> I would continue for a while and uh, allow the person to reflect back to you the th things that you need to still become conscious of by provoking you and often that is the case. And you have some space. If you can't take any more, you go to a house. <laughs> have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? 
Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. This Black Music Month, State Farm wants to take a moment to appreciate all the ways Black music brings everyone together. From the Saturday morning soundtrack that gets the whole family cleaning the house. To the beats at the block parties that bring the whole community together. Celebrate the impact of Black music this month and beyond with State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hi, Eckhart. No. It's an honor to be here. Um, so earlier when you were talking about the stillness, a question came to me. How can I stop self-sabotaging and wake up in the parts of my life where the momentum of energy to distract and dissociate from being still feels the strongest? Okay, that's an interesting question, but uh, could you give maybe one example of how or when that happens? Then it's easier to relate to. Like yesterday when you told us not to engage in our phones and stuff like that, I went back to my Airbnb and noticed very strong impulses to turn on a show while I had dinner or whatever. And I was watching myself like, like the, the energy to do that was so strong, and I did it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, I did it. And then this morning, I was watching that same impulse, and it's like so strong. And I just told myself, okay, like, just don't do it for two minutes. And there's many things. That's just one example. But how do you? It doesn't feel like willpower is enough. Like that momentum. I think it's from the pain body. There's something that I, is too strong, probably past trauma I don't want to feel, or it's whatever. Right. Um, like, yeah. what do I do with that? Right, interesting. Um, so it's like there are certain, certain actions take place. You do things you know they're not the optimal things to do, but you can't help it. It's something acts through you. There seems to be some power there that makes you do things that you know are not right or not good for you, and yet you can't stop it. That seems to be the case. And that, of course, um, is often the case with people. With you, it might be many different areas of your life, but uh, this is also the case with addictions, for example, people who are addicted to a certain substance or who are addicted to eating too much or drinking. There's something that overpowers them in you that seems to obscure the awareness or the awareness is pushed to, to the side and this thing, this, this powerful thing, does it anyway. <laughs> and again, my answer is a little bit similar to what I said to the first questioner, 
uh, tonight, the power of presence needs to grow in you so that it is strong enough not to, it's not willpower, because willpower is not the best way of dealing with these things, but it's what I'm talking about could sometimes be confused with willpower, but willpower includes the application of a force to hold something down. Let's say if your addiction is to to indulge in intoxicating beverages, in other words, booze is the British word, <laughs> uh, and you can feel it, it's, it comes on, there it comes, you know the bottles are there, there they are, and you feel you have to go there, and you have to reach out, and you have to pour yourself a drink. Now, when you're not aware at all, you don't even know what you're doing, you're so unconscious that you, you're already holding the drink, and at that point, you, you even know that you're drinking. The same with food. I've spoken to people who have had addictions to food. They often say they wake up in the middle of the night, they've already unconsciously gone to the fridge, taken out the chocolate cake, and then they're already halfway through the chocolate cake when suddenly they're like, what am I doing? So awareness comes in at a very late point. Willpower would be to hold an urge down. Let's say, the example you gave, you want to turn on the TV, and you know it's not right because I, I'm not here for that, and he actually told us not to do it. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I, but I can't help it. I have to go. I can't, I can't. No, willpower, you would, you would say, I'm going to hold this down, I'm not going to do it. I can, you can feel the urge, but you're holding it down. <laughs> when you hold things down, often after a while, the, an explosion happens. It's like a boiling kettle. Can't hold it for that long, and, and then you have some kind of rationalization in your mind. You'll do it anyway. The mind will give you a reason. I spoke to a man who is addicted to food, and he was, his body was very unhealthy, he was extremely dangerously overweight. Unfortunately, he's passed away, but he was a wonderful man. And he talked to me, and um, often, before he goes to, the, to indulge in excessive eating, he would, his mind would say something like, you've had a rough day, you really deserve a treat. It, it, it explains why it's the right thing. I'm not going to do it for much longer, but just today I, I need a really need a treat. Life is not, hasn't been treating me, but it's the only pleasure I have. What shall I do? It's all I have. There's no other pleasure in my life. Okay. I um, attempted to, to show him that this thought is a deception, and I, I had a little bit of success. But unfortunately, it was too late to save him. Well, he's no longer in the body, but that's okay. He's probably reincarnates now into the opposite, perhaps, in order to learn a, a lesson. Um, again, what I said to your first questioner, to practice presence power when you're not particularly tempted by anything, and you're just in your room, there's no particular temptation, Go into the body, feel the, feel the inner body, be aware, be present, 
when you sense perception, I recommended that practice. Sense perception, feel the presence pervading every cell in your body, the inner body awareness, so that there is enough presence to when the, the, this impulse comes, don't say go away or something like that because it won't go away, it'll do it anyway. It, the impulse comes, whatever it may be, and you observe, you realize it's not a good thing that you, it wants you to do. And if the, there's enough awareness, you use it every time an impulse of that kind comes. This is your special spiritual practice. So instead of wanting to get rid of it, welcome when an impulse of that kind comes and see that this is a spiritual practice specially designed for you. It is. Uh, and so how do you transform this into spiritual practice? First you realize this is an opportunity for practicing. And the first thing you could do is you practice delaying, obeying the impulse, not obeying it immediately, but delaying it. So, and you observe then, let's say you, when you wanted to go to the TV and turn the thing on, or you feel the impulse or say, okay, oh, here's my next spiritual practice. I'm now going to delay the turning on of this show on TV for three minutes. And during those three minutes, you observe this, the impulse in you. You, you observe, it has, it's an energy form, and, and you observe it. Oh, there you are. There you are. Hmm. And you feel it. It's like a little gremlin or something. <laughs> so this time gap can be a very useful first practice, that you introduce a time gap before you give in. You're not saying, I'm not going to give in. No, you say, three minutes. During those three minutes, oh, I'm going to observe you and you shine the light of consciousness, the light of awareness on this impulse, which is an energy form. It can be an energy form that is in you as a kind of emotion. It can also dangerously invade your mind. And the explanation I gave just now with this uh, friend of mine, the thought comes into your head that explains why you should give in to this impulse that can happen easily, and there too, you need to be present enough, sufficiently aware, so that you do not believe in every thought, especially those kinds of thoughts. You don't believe in every thought that comes into your head. Oh, you observe the thought because the thought is part of it. And even to the thought, you say, oh, there you are. There's the thought, and there's the feeling behind the thought. And you, you set aside three minutes. During those three minutes, you observe that isn't that interesting? Wonderful spiritual practice. But while you observe, you grow in consciousness. You, you apply consciousness to it. There you, only three minutes, three minutes. And then after the three minutes, see how you feel. It may, not, it may have dissolved, but probably not yet. It's still there. And then you can see, can I do another two or three minutes? Am I strong enough for that? Is my awareness strong enough? And yes, it is. Don't believe you. Might, oh, no, stop this nonsense. Do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and then you see five or six minutes of 
And then um, what happens after that, we don't know. It is possible that the impulse has receded, gone back to a dormant state, and you're suddenly, you don't have to do it. It's also possible that the impulse is still there and you cannot, after five minutes, there's not enough awareness left and you, just, you, you have to go and do it. But at least the five minute interval, the time gap was very important. And when anything like that happens, you always introduce a time gap for your spiritual practice during which you do not hold it down, but you observe it. So you, you don't push it down, you observe, oh, there you are. So if it's a gremlin, you don't, you don't say, you, you hold you down. No, no you, you look at it, there it is, oh. Now the interesting thing when you, you apply awareness to something, you shine the light of consciousness on it, the possibility of transformation is also there. It arises as you shine the light of consciousness on it. This is the famous example from fairy stories and so on. The, uh, the frog, you don't kill the frog or, you, or do something with it, you, you kiss the frog. And the moment you kiss the frog, it turns into the prince. So the frog stands for, this is like mythology, there's some wisdom embedded in these fairy stories, which by the way, were, were not, many of them were not created by the people who wrote them. They were already orally tra transmitted over long periods of time, so they are mythologies that often contain a lot of wisdom. And there's certainly a lot of wisdom in kissing the frog which then turns into something beautiful. So there's a, something ugly, but you give it an acceptance and love. You look at it, and then it, 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 transformation happens. So that is the spiritual practice, and after a while you will find that initially, perhaps, after the time gap, you still do it. But then gradually this time gap gets longer, and then you may observe that the energy behind the impulse weakens and it, it subsides until, the, until next time. But gradually it weakens and this, all these self-sabotage mechanisms then begin to gradually disappear if you apply the awareness to it, so observe them, there it is. So think of the frog. These are all the frogs and whatever they are, gremlins, frogs, that uh, live in you as energy fields, and the energies are trapped there. They are not in themselves uh, bad. They are trapped, like the pain body is an energy that is emotional energy that's trapped. When the pain body dissolves, it's transformed into presence. It's like a fire, you put a log into a fire, or so the, it's consumed and transmuted, perhaps is the word, it's transmuted into presence. And there, here we have again the famous example of in Middle Ages, certain philosophers were very interested in alchemy. Alchemy was supposed to be the transformation of base metal into gold through a chemical process of transformation. But the, the true meaning behind alchemy 
was the transformation of human consciousness. They have many images and so on. They could not speak and write about this openly because they would have been executed by the church at the time. So they had to hide all these symbols as if it were to do the, the transformation of base metal into gold, of something that is, first of all, not very desirable into something wonderful. And that's the alchemical process of transmutation, which really is something in the human psyche. There's an entire long treatise written by Carl Jung, the psychologist, on alchemy with countless illustrations and just fascinating things. But it's all, it's the transformation of something undesirable initially into awareness or into consciousness. So, and this is, so you're, you're lucky to have that. It's tailor designed spiritual practice for you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So let's finish with a moment of stillness. I will use the ceremonial bell to finish the session. Beautiful sound. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Eckhart Tolle, Essential Teachings, the podcast. You can follow these essential teachings on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't yet, go to Spotify and follow this podcast. Join us next week for more enlightened teachings from Eckhart Tolle. Thank you for listening. Treat Dad to the good stuff at Nordstrom Rack and save big. Father's Day is Sunday, June 16th, and Nordstrom Rack's got gifts Dad will love, up to 60% off. Shirts, activewear, watches, cologne, denim, and more. Find amazing deals on Tommy Bahama, Cole Haan, Original Penguin, and Vince. Great brands, great prices. So get to your Nordstrom Rack store now and make Dad's day with gifts up to 60% off. This Black Music Month, State Farm wants to take a moment to appreciate all the ways Black music brings everyone together. From the Saturday morning soundtrack that gets the whole family cleaning the house. To the beats at the block parties that bring the whole community together. Celebrate the impact of Black music this month and beyond with State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.